Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. A new team gets set to kick off. Taking a different approach, you know, we're looking at it from the way we're marketing to fans and the way we're selling tickets to even how we're building the roster of the, of the club. Like we're doing it uh, unlike any uh, anybody's ever done before. That's Nick Kelly, president of the newest MLS team, Charlotte FC, and their kickoff will come with a different perspective. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Graham Weinstein. Nick Kelly's background is with Anheuser-Busch, so he knows how to work with teams and with leagues and activate fans. Now he's on the other side of the table. And in the case of Charlotte FC, it's an attempt to activate an entire community, not unlike the way Atlanta, Portland, and Seattle grabbed their soccer fan bases. And it's the way he is looking at this build that is unique. Our guest this week is Nick Kelly. He is the new president of the newest team in professional sports, Charlotte FC of the MLS. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, where do you start? We have a new team, new everything. I don't even know what to start with with you. Where do you start when you're when you're talking about day-to-day operations of a brand new team? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's you know, keeping the eye on, on end of February and making sure that we have not left any stone unturned to do everything we can to put, to put a, a really competitive team on the field and more importantly, create an environment uh, within Bank of America Stadium that is, is truly unique to Charlotte Football Club. So what do you mean by that? What are you going to try to do in the stadium to attract a new fan base to your games? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's just one of those things that um, you know, people have been to hundreds of NFL games for the Panthers or college football games here at Bank of America, but they've never actually been to an MLS match that has you know a home field advantage. So we're going to create, you know, a fan section with our supporters group uh, that has, you know, the, the types of cheers and the type of game day environment that, you know, rivals European clubs looks a lot like the success we've seen down in Atlanta or in Portland. And uh, but it'll be uniquely us. And so we, we've been working closely with our supporters groups to, to understand the types of uh, cheers they want to do, the type of traditions they want to create. And uh, I think our fans will be extremely impressed uh, come first match. You know, it's interesting. Um, I'm up here in Washington. I'm the voice of the Washington football team. We're going through a rebrand, and obviously it's very different. This team's been around for 90 years. But they're going through the same process where they're trying to figure out what are the new things that are going to happen for the supporters in the stadium. And the argument that happens here a lot with it is how much of that is just organic and how much of that can you actually kind of try to implant? And you guys are brand yeah. new, you know, brand new trying to do this. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that the hard thing is going to be is, especially in soccer, is we can kind of control, call it the first 20 minutes before the match actually starts. But, you know, once the game starts, it's not like basketball or football where, you know, during a TV timeout, I can go and, like, run a hype video or, or a song that gets the crowd excited. Like, 
you know, it's truly in our hands to drive what those traditions and those game day cultures like. And uh, it's a little bit scary that, you know, you don't have a lot of that control, but we've been working really closely with our fans to make sure that we have at least an understanding of what we can do to support it. Uh, but like you said, like we're going to have some stuff that fails and I think that that's okay, but we have to let some of this come to us and then be smart enough to acknowledge like, Hey, that we've got a good thing here. So you mentioned Atlanta and, and their team has really resonated with that region and they are close, obviously yep. regionally to you. What have you learned about watching how, what Atlanta has done to try to build a fan base in Charlotte? Yeah, they've done an amazing job of reaching out early to just different pockets of the city. I mean, they, they have, you know, probably one of the most diverse fan bases in all sports. And uh, we try to replicate that. You know, we've done a lot of stuff targeted towards the Hispanic community, the African-American community, young, old, you name it. Like, we, we try to go out there and make sure everybody feels welcome and that this is this can be their team. I think the other thing we see from them is that they, they, they do kind of what I just tended towards is they control the kind of the game day environment leading up until – the whistle starts at the match. And then after that, man, their fans take over and they do an amazing job. Um, let me talk about your background a little bit. It, it feels a, a touch unusual for this position to come in to run day-to-day operations of a sports team. You come from a marketing side. You had worked with Anheuser-Busch with sports, obviously, and a number of different activations and marketing levels. And I want to simplify, obviously, what you, what you did. Um, could you kind of tell me about that transition for you from where you're going from to what you're going to? Yeah, I mean, actually, it's been a lot easier than I thought because, you know, I oversaw about 800 employees across the company that range from the, the Clydesdale handlers to our zookeepers. But, you know, I've spent a, mo- a bunch of my time really focused on our sports marketing, and that included, you know, deals with more than 100 pro teams, uh, football, baseball, basketball, league partnerships with the NFL or MLB. And, you know, our job was really to kind of run a business that helped, uh, you know, grow the sport. That was kind of our, our responsibility, but also helped us sell beer. And, I think that you know, having worked with some of the biggest brands like Budweiser and Bud Light and launching new ones like Michelob Ultra, you know, I've seen a lot of success and a lot of failure. And bringing that to you know, uh, building a club has actually helped because we move quick and we have to accept you know when something's working and do it ten times more, and then when something fails, acknowledge it and move on. And I think just having experience that it helps. But to your point, like yeah, I, I didn't come from a previous soccer team or even like in a, in a, a league or anything so like it, it's definitely a risk with our owner but uh, they do have to work 10 times harder to prove that it just wasn't a mistake you know it, what i think is interesting about it though is it is it is a really modern approach that this team at least is is going to try something here with you that is not a traditional model but we're not in a traditional time anymore modern fans want different things isn't that right yeah that's it right and i think that the other thing is too is just that um you know we're taking a different approach you know we're looking at it from the way we're marketing to fans and the way we're selling tickets to even how we're building the roster of the, of the club. Like we're doing it uh, unlike any, uh, anybody's ever done before. Um, you know, you look at our roster building, we've got eight players on the roster. And that's more than anybody's ever had at this point in an expansion season. So we're doing everything differently because we actually think it's going to work. We're not doing it for the sake of being different. We want the competitive advantage on and off the field. And so, you know, while my background or even our sporting director's background are different, like it, it, it's on purpose. Take me through being on the other side of this now, and I know it's it's new for you, but you were the one working with the teams with all of these different things, and now you're on the other side talking to them about what you want. How is your kind of viewpoint of looking at it from the point of view of a team and activating your fan bases? How has that changed for you so far? I actually think it's helped a ton. Uh, our partners of you know, I do have, I probably have a far greater appreciation than most team presidents for the value that they can bring to 
uh, an organization. Now, I need the Coca-Colas of the world or the Bud Lights or the Bojangles to actually take our brand and, you know, give away tickets, uh, post like the official tailgating headquarters of Charlotte FC. Like we need their help to drive awareness because if we're being perfectly honest, like we're a new club that hasn't even played a single match yet. And we need the vehicles of these types of companies in the Carolinas, North and South to like promote us, to push us out there. And, you know, I, I don't see it as a transactional relationship. And even on the, on the, you know, ticket sales side, it's, we want our fans who actually purchase those tickets to show up. And we have an appreciation for the fact that you may want to go sell that on the secondary market, but we want it to be a hard decision for you to make to be like, I'm not going to go tonight. I'm going to go make a couple of dollars because we have, we want to work with you to create that pride that you, you've been to every match this year. You, you know, you've cheered the team and we've created a real home field that's like hard for teams to play against. And so having just that different perspective has helped. And I also think just in general, like we're fully transparent, which is the one thing I always wanted when I was on the other side of the table was the transparency. Um, and we're transparent on like, you know, what did we expect from our partners and we, what they expect from us. And the same thing with our fans, our players, our coaches and our staff. And I think that that level has actually helped a lot uh, in building a trust early on uh, of, of, to create that fan base and to create that partnership with everybody in the market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To your point that, you know, people who are going to come to see your team play, they've been to the stadium before probably many times to see the Panthers or to see a college football game that has occurred there. I assume you want this environment to be uniquely Charlotte FC's. So how do you kind of view outside of trying to build whatever the traditions are going to be of your fan base? How are you looking at what is happening in and around the stadium to try to make this different and make it a soccer home? Yeah, it's a great question. We're really trying to have this feel like if we had a soccer game on a Saturday night and then a, a Panthers game on a Sunday afternoon, we want it to feel like you're almost in two different buildings. Um, you know, we, we're starting with the march of our supporters down Mint Street to come into the game to, uh, you know, us allowing them to bring in smoke and flags and drums and literally create an amazing supporter section behind uh, the East end zone like that. It'll feel the minute you get in the bowl, like you're in an entirely different event. And that's critically important to us because, you know, for our fans to still spend their hard earned dollars to come to two events a weekend is a lot of to ask. So we, what we've seen is that we have very little overlap between the fans that are going to come to our games and the fans that would come on Sunday to the Panthers. So, uh, we're not really competing with ourselves, but it's also, we want to have a reason why they're coming to us and they may not be coming to that Clemson game on Saturday. Um, let's talk about outreach. Um, have you guys thought through what platforms do you think are going to be the way you're going to communicate to your fan base? Are you looking solely at digital? Are you thinking traditional media? How are you considering the communication between you and a new burgeoning fan base? Checked all the boxes right now. I think that the, the, the most efficient one for us and what's been the most engaging has been our traditional social stuff. So uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, we're launching a TikTok in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I think that's been the most, you know, open line of communication for us to, to release real-time news and talk to our fans. But 
it was important for us this year in year one so we to get uh, free over-the-air broadcast across both North and South Carolina. So we've got about 11 TV affiliates that if you're uh, if you have a TV in North Carolina or South Carolina, you can watch us for free. And that's not a little bit rare compared to a lot of other MLS teams where they have either an RSN or they're streaming it. Like so, making it available to 16 million people in North Carolina on TV in South Carolina was important. So that for us is we're doing we're very much going the traditional route in year one as well as been a lot of focus on the new the emerging platform um so you had mentioned obviously you're gonna try to run the gamut to bring in fans of all ages demographics all that type of stuff do you think there is a core demographic in your region that you think can become kind of the burgeoning fan base of charlotte is it a young audience is it an older one how, how are you guys viewing that no we've even looking at like the season ticket sales which is probably the best data point we have right now or even our social media following and the events we have, you know, our fan base is, you know, we're averaging, you know, somewhere around 27 years old is what, what we're seeing uh-huh. for, you know, the people that are engaging with our brand. So it's extremely young. The other thing is, too, is it's so diverse. We, you know, we over-index, you know, on the Hispanic fan. We actually have just, like, an extremely, you know, balanced, you know, male and female fan base as, as it relates to our events, our ticket, you know, database, et cetera. Uh, and what we've seen, too, is just that it, it pushed us to make sure that we're, cognizant of that when we're marketing and when we're communicating and we're hosting events that it is welcoming for all and it's tailored towards a younger audience because you know the type of event we may host for the Carolina Panthers may be a little bit more high-end and uh, you know it's yeah, targeted towards a 40 50 year old and where for us it's all high energy it's a little bit more approachable um, and it's and just for us that we wanted to, to feel like and represent our fan base and that's younger and more diverse I, the guy from Anheuser Busch, of course, is going to throw the party. That man, <laughs> it I, seems like you're in the right I, spot. I've done it. I, I mean, I feel like I like it's a, it's a one trick I have, and so I, I use it to my fullest. <laughs> Sounds like you're in the right spot. Um, take yeah. me back to put on your hat for Anheuser Busch for a moment, because I'm sure you'd worked with soccer clubs and leagues for a while there. Um, yep. You know, obviously, it is still a growing market and a growing sport in this country. Um, what have you seen from that perspective of where money is going, growth, demographics, all of that? Where have you seen soccer in its kind of growth trajectory over the last five to 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we were fortunate enough when I was at AB that you know, we sponsored FIFA and the World Cup and the U.S. men's and women's team in Mexico, you name it. Um, and really, it, it's continuing to grow. And just say, soccer's been saying that for 20 years. Starting to see it as you, know, you see the recent TV deals for EPL and La Liga, and you know they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars for you know the broadcast rights to teams that play five, six, eight hours ahead of us, and so it shows just a growing passion here in the United States for soccer. But man, the, the next four years are critically important to us because you know the men's team has to do extremely well and not only qualify for the World Cup in 22, but to do well and truly compete. Uh, because that'll give us the momentum we need to be hosting the World Cup in 2026 and shortly followed by the Olympics in 28, is that we have to get the next four, eight years right uh, as a country. And, you know, the responsibility is on the, the marketing executives, the team executives like myself, the MLS, and even the Federation to take advantage of all the excitement that we're going to build up. And this is make or break for us. If, if, if MLS is going to become one of those big four sports uh, in, in, in North America, they have to take advantage of these windows. And look, there's a lot of really smart people at the MLS uh, and across the league that are that, that know this. And there's tons of plans in place to do it. But we really have to try and use these moments to capture the fans, to bring them in, to, to make this like 
a, a not only a, a powerhouse globally, but you know, be really one of the, the, the leading sports in all of the United States. That's really interesting. Congratulations on the new job. Good luck with the new team. That's a really cool, cool thing to be a part of, to be a first of. It's amazing. Nick Kelly's president of no, Charlotte FC. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having us. On the next Future Sport Podcast, an entire league is ready to ramp back up. The pandemic hitting kind of put a pivot to those discussions or a hold in in some cases. But we had a lot of interest in Las Vegas. We had multiple interested parties in that deal. And then, of course, we were in advanced talks when the pandemic hit with Fort Worth. That's Nick Sakavich, commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, where their long COVID shutdown is finally coming to an end. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.